Welcome to the Academy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing rich content for the purpose of spiritual growth. I'm your host, Shalom Agdarab. The Academy creates transformative space for people to connect with God, self, others, and creation for the sake of the world. To learn more about the Academy, visit academy.upperroom.org. Born in Vietnam, Le Suan He came to the U.S. as a refugee at the age of 18, learned English at Alice Lloyd College in Kentucky, and earned a doctorate in experimental developmental psychology at Washington University 11 years later. He completed a postdoc in clinical psychology at George Washington University and worked for Lawrence Kohlberg at Harvard University. He worked for the U.S. Congress for nine years, conducting studies on the departments of state, defense, justice, health and human services, plus some time at the World Bank and IMF. A chapter in a book he co-authored with Jane Lovinger has been reprinted as a classic in a developmental psychology textbook. He taught at Rockhurst University, Washington University, and George Mason University before coming to Seattle University. He has also taught at several universities overseas in Israel, China, and Vietnam. I'm excited to hear from teacher He. <laughs> These days, thanks to money changes in my algorithms, social media is filled with less and less TikTok dances and more and more memes that drop spiritual truth. As I listened to this previously recorded lecture from Academy 38 in Nebraska in 2017, I'm struck by the bite-sized and yet weighty spiritual truths present in the text that bears witness to the resurrection. Teacher He, as he's sometimes called, spends time deconstructing what it takes to participate in healing. Are we first assaulted, then instantly healed? Do we move immediately from jarring events to feeling free and confident? Teacher He, who was quoting Ronald Rollheiser, would say the difference lies in amazement versus pondering. Unlike the Greek version of pondering, one that's more inward, more passive, pondering in Hebrew connotes holding, carrying, transforming tension so as not to continue to pass it along. Whatever we do not transform, we will transmit, right? I needed this reminder this week, this week when the news is making me tear my hair out. So I will hold, I will carry, and I pray to transform the tension that naturally builds up from just being a part of this world. Listen on, dear ones, and may you experience God, yourself, and your own pain in ways that will lead you to ponder anew. Some of you have talked uh, with me during the break about the difficulty, let's say, the environment. It's, we cannot say, oh, history, we have had oppression before. You know, we had, had persecution and we got over. But this kind of climate change hasn't happened before. And it may kill us all. And so what do you do? How do you impact that? Right? Um, so that's, that's a tough question. One way to do is um, to look at scripture and see 
uh, and Ronheiser in this book that I highly recommend to you. It's about the Christian maturity. Talks about the difference between being amazed and pondering. So I use a um, software called Bible Work and just put in amazed and got all of the amazed you know, verses out. Uh, and I, I look at all of the, and I lift out all of the amazed one in Mark. And uh, I will ship this to you. Um, I wish we have time to go through and enjoy scripture. That would be wonderful things to do, but I'm too nervous to do that. So I <laughs> would like to share more with you. So skip to the end and says, when yeah, uh, people entered the tomb and didn't see uh, Jesus, only see a young man in white sitting there, you know, so the, the disciples were amazed, and the angel told them, do not be amazed. In other words, almost no place that amazement was good. Yes, sometimes it leads to some, you know, praising the Lord, but probably short change. You saw yesterday at times when Jesus performed miracles, and they go out and plot and kill Jesus. That's Mark 3, verses 6. Right? Amazement is a movement of the crowd, is a reaction of the crowd. And you know all through the Gospels, particularly the Gospel of Mark, the crowd is always wrong. They're not only conceptually wrong, they did wrong. They betrayed. So amazement is not all that great. Every incidence of amazement, even when Jesus was amazed, was because of people's lack of belief. So that's not a great amazement. The only command is do not be amazed. So what should you be? You should ponder. And one person in the Gospels ponder. That's Mary. I think there's a feminine bend in the Gospels. Mm -hmm. uh, and Luke um, 1, 29, and Luke 2, I'm sorry, 1, and 2, 19, uh, at Annunciation, Mary Wonder, and then um, when the uh, major, no, that's, anyway, 2, 19, yeah. Uh, Mary Ponder, right? Uh, just hold things and ponder. So, so what is pondering? I thought I got it, and then I realized I didn't get it. Because I think that pondering means sit back, sitting back and thinking, like Rodin's The Thinker. Yeah. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's the Greek pondering. It's not the Hebrew pondering. Ah. And so the, here is... And as I mentioned, I'll shift the slides to you with the page reference number in case you need to look it up. I'm going to read it to you. The biblical invitation to move from goodness to greatness, from being a saint in process to a real saint, is to ponder like Mary. Right? In the gospel, during Jesus' life, everybody was wrong. 
from the authority to the crowd to the disciple to the apostle, everyone tends to misunderstand, miss the point, and then betray. The only exception is Mary. She shows what a true disciple should be and should do. Now, let's take a look at what she does. Pondering in the Greek sense is like the Rodin's thinker. To ponder, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. So you, <laughs> you, you sit at the corner and ponder. That's not the Hebrew. The Hebrew are active people, concrete thing. Right? So to ponder in the Hebrew sense means to hold, to carry, and transform tension so as not to give it back in kind. Remember we talked about the, the cross yesterday, the king that takes the wounds and stops it there and is finished. Violence is finished. That's pondering. Knowing that whatever energies that we do not transform, we will transmit. Let's say if I'm a Democrat and I'm going to fight and I'm going to win at the next election, does that stop the conflict and the tension? Just flip it. You know, one group in charge, then the other group go down and then energize and then flip it. Right? Now, the Bible invites us to do much more. Right? Not to gather force to overwhelm the other, but to have this pondering to stop it right? and invite yourself and the other to grow. Wouldn't that be ideal? So what was Mary pondering at the foot of the cross? Now, this is uh, Rollheiser channeling Mary here. Today is Mary talking in Rollheiser's pen. I cannot stop the crucifixion. Nobody can. Sometimes darkness will have its hour. But I can stop some of the hatred, bitterness, jealousy, and heartlessness that caused it by refusing to give it back in kind, by transforming negativity rather than retransmitting it, by swallowing heart in silence and eating bitterness rather than give it back in kind. Now, is this defeatism? Would it go anywhere? Rollheiser addressed that. That's not the same as despair. Our muted helplessness is not a passive resignation, but it's opposite. It is a movement toward the only rays of light, love, and faith that still exists in the darkness and hatred. And at that moment, it's the only thing that faith, and I would insert hope, and love can do. As the book of Lamentations, uh, chapter 3, 25 to 29, says, there are times when the best we can do is to put our mouths to the dust and wait. Sometimes, too, at, how do you pronounce it, Rainer Maria Rilke says, the only helpful thing is to absorb the heaviness. Absorb the heaviness. Do not be afraid to suffer. Give the heaviness back to the weight of the earth. Mountains are heavy. Seas are heavy. Back to uh, Rollheiser's voice. That is not passivity resignation or weakness, but genuine, rare strength. 
That is what it means to ponder in the Hebrew. Um, I would like to share some stories, and uh, this is kind of rare. <laughs> I feel more comfortable sharing my failures, which are many and easy to choose from. But once in a while, with age and with grace, um, there have been cases that uh, surprised me. Well, only a few years ago, I was walking in Seattle um, to a, uh, a bakery, and before I enter, a man standing outside shouted at me, go home. And that's not the first time. It's at least the third time that I encounter a person that the first and only statement they growled at me as to go home. And, but the, my reactions uh, later startled me. I, I really want to kind of hug him and said, oh, what do you need? How can I help you? I mean, I didn't have the language. Yeah, I, it took me a while to understand by that time I move on. But no, it didn't hurt me a bit. The, but you know, my heart went out and said, how hurt must a person be to, you know, to stand outside and, and talk to a stranger like that? You know, what was his history? You know, did he just lose his job? What's, what's the problem here? What am I invited? And maybe this is the Lord's call that he's initiating a conversation that maybe I can come, you know, and offer something. <laughs> now, yeah, I sound pretty good, right? Yes, <laughs> <sound pretty> good. <laughs> it surprised me. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I did not talk about that for years until the, probably the first time I talked about that was about um, a few months ago. It was about the first time. And actually, we're talking about racial uh, divide and, and, and issues and tension. And I just casually mentioned this yeah, in a lunch conversation. Said, well, this thing happened to me, and it's kind of surprised me, you know. And that faculty member is an atheist. Um, and she said, I'm not surprised. It's all the religion thing that you do. <laughs> she explained it in that way. Right? So she helped me understand that is the Lord's grace. And <laughs> the religion thing. <laughs> And she was not even surprised that it happened. It surprised me, didn't surprise her. And so um, it's an experience, it's, it's a gift. And I would, the reason I would like to share with you is we can rely on the strength from the Lord and the community that maybe we are able, able to, to, to carry the sacred space in our heart space and time in our heart, so that when we encounter hurt, right, we can embrace the person and, and stop the violence. 
Now, David Steinderas um, plug in, and he talks about um, we ourselves carry this, uh, be the instrument of this pondering of this sacred space. He says, you can really be contemplative unless you also want to change the world. And how <laughs> contemplative, the real contemplative change the world by changing yourself. By changing yourself, you're beginning to change the world. In fact, you're changing the world much more by changing yourself than if you are running around blindly involved in one cause after another. And now let's get Steinerass writes as a poet, so it would not do justice to summarize the way I summarize Steinerass, right? So let's just pick up a few ideas and kind of the ideas are like finger pointing to the moon, pointing back to the book so that you will chew on different lines of the book. Um, so he talks about faith, hope, and love. And I understand faith, hope, and love as if for the first time when I read this book. And he was biblical. He goes to the first verse, of, yeah, he goes to the, uh, the pistis in, in uh, Mark, uh, Mark 1.15, right? Now, I like, I'm simple-minded, so I like summaries. Now, yesterday I gave you the summary of St. John's Gospel in the first verse. And exegete says the summary of all of Jesus' uh, teaching in the Gospel of Mark is in Mark 1.15. It summarizes everything. Yeah. And it's primarily, and I summarize it further in four words. Now is the time. Time means, you know, you have to recognize the time. Maybe the time I'm dying, the time my ch child is going to leave home. So it's more of a psychological time, right? Uh, it's a kairos, not a chronos, you know, that. So we need to, f to figure out what is this time of? What's the opportunity? What's the danger? What am I called to do here? And the call is to, to enter the reign of God. In other words, to be healed, to, to develop myself and with others. To do what? To do metanoia. Metanoia is not, okay, I do the uh, examination of conscience. Morning, okay. Afternoon, okay. Evening, I didn't do dishes. I'll fix that one there. That's not metanoia. Metanoia is changing the whole thing. Okay? Changing the mentality. The, so I looked at, oh my gosh, my examination of conscience was about me, 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 me. Did I see my wife? Did I see my children? That's metanoia. Okay. Look at it differently. Okay. Like we talked about the Book of the Dead yesterday, how to put on the mind of Christ and look at it differently. Uh, Michael gave us several uh, 
metanoia. He said about an irritating guy, right? But hearing him in a different light, that's metanoia. So we are in this political fight and we kind of go more extreme. Is there a metanoia to get out of this binary uh, metanoia? But I'm sorry, I get to the wrong point. The point is, pistis is faith. And faith here, uh, uh, Steinreich, is not articles of beliefs. This is not the creed. Now, when Jesus called the disciples on the lake, by the lakeside, did the disciples say, oh, okay, this is the Son of God, you know, the third person of the Trinity, okay, I'll follow him. Did they know anything like that? What did they have? They have confidence in him. No, no, what would happen? And actually, they would argue with him about what should happen. But they have confidence in the guy. In a way, you're sitting there and you have confidence in me. Listen to me. You don't know what I'm saying yet, but you have confidence in me. That's the sense of faith. Trust in, right? Believe in rather than believe that. Have confidence in. That's. And with that faith, you also have hope. And hope is open to surprise. Now, if I hope that they will cook steak this evening and tomorrow we'll warm up into the 70s, these are hopes that, hopes in the plural. But hope is looking into the future, don't know what would happen, and open for surprise. He calls it the passion of the possible. Ah, the passion of the possible. The passion here, yeah could have so many rich meanings there too. It could be suffering into and also passivity and be open to go into. Of the possible and with the confidence in this hope, go with the faith in the Lord. The confidence in, don't know what. And almost for sure, that is not what I expect because it's more than what I expect. Yeah. And, that's, and then the love is not a feeling. It's not a desire. Right? If I love Jeff because I like his experience of teaching, I want to learn from him. It's just so much fun listening to him. I, I have the same gripes as he does. Right? Whom, I, whom am I loving? I love myself. <laughs> I love listening to him satisfy me. So I should call it loving me instead of loving Jeff. Loving my children is regardless. I say yes to them. That would be right. Loving a, sorry, a stinky homeless person who interrupt my trip, trip home. Right? And look at that person instead of look away. And hear the person, and respond in whatever way. That would be love. That would be say yes to, to a relationship. Okay. So that is kind of the pondering. 
perhaps this is a season, like the writer of Lamentation said, to put our mouths to the dust and wait. There are laws limiting speech, limiting education, limiting voting, limiting healthcare access in all areas of the United States. It can make us sick. It can tear. It can twist us and tie us into knots. It can have us lashing out online and in person at people who are our neighbors, our friends, our own family members. Teacher, he said, it takes genuine, rare strength to absorb and hold suffering. And that is a good word today. Because scripture does not invite us to colonize or use excessive force to overwhelm another. Instead, the invitation is to ponder and stop, to turn, transform, and grow into things, into people we never could have imagined before. It can mean the difference between a dead end and a wide open road, the difference between a torture instrument of crucifixion and an empty tomb that leads to a new way of being. I appreciate this invitation to not just be amazed, (laughs) to not only get hysterical, to not only release great emotion into the world, but to suffer with, to hold another suffering, to keep track of my own and to remember that there is grace, there is space, there is life inviting me onward, deeper to be present here and now. Friends, I invite you to share this podcast with others. May it be a nudge, a guide, an honoring of intuitions you've long held and a means for justice in your lives and in the lives of all. To hear more from faculty and wisdom guides like Teacher He, join us at the next online or in-person academy retreat. For more information, visit academy.upperroom.org.